That is incredible that you heard an, like an audible voice. Was it an audible voice? In a dream. Okay. How many of you have heard an audible voice in a dream? Just raise your hands. No, I mean, no. Raise your hands. If you, Uh, okay, what was the audible voice? Yes, you. She heard an audible voice said, I love you. Doesn't get any better than that. Give me somebody else. Who else? Raise your hands again. Okay. Yes, yes, you, ma'am. That you, yes, what, was the, what did you hear? An audible voice. Oh, my goodness. John the Baptist lady. Okay, give me another one. This is fun. Yes. Look both ways for the rest of an audible voice. Look both ways for, for the rest of your life. What does that mean to you? So are you in a place of leadership, a governmental leadership or something? Leadership here. Cheryl Amabil's friend. Well, that makes you a prophet. <laughs> so give me somebody else, someone else. Yeah. Don't forget that Empora, Empora. So what does that mean to you? That's a life directive. It means that you're going to hold oil, but also to pour it out. A, a word like that directs the whole rest of your life. If you treat the word with awe, I just heard an audible voice. You mean God talked to you. We get these prophecies and we, you know, we're going to heard them. Audible voice. Prophets heard those things. And the future of the world was directed by those kinds of words. And we just kind of call it like a little phrase that I got in my mind. How many of you have seen, have seen phrases written in your mind, in your dreams? What did you see? You see different kinds. See, sometimes I, I, I really, I, I'll begin with this. I think one of the greatest problems in our world is a loss of the sense of awe. I've pondered this word, awakening. I think we get this awakened and it's, we hardly even think about what it means. What is an awakening? I think it's an awe awakening. Or we waken to awe. That's what happens in revivals. Suddenly it's like there's a different world here. A presence. I feel it when we're singing here over this river and looking toward Harvard. I can almost feel and see when we're singing all the earth shall pray. I can feel the angels. And they're just ripping through the skies. It's just a sense of another world is here. And that's the truth. 
There's another unseen world. And every now and then it opens. And when it opens, it changes your life forever. An awe awakening. Just think of the word revelation. I know this isn't the way it unfolds in whatever Latin or whatever. Revelation is an unveiling. But when you get revelation, you revel with elation. Our souls are bored to death because there's no unveiling. And the unveiling comes not just with encounters, but faith. Believing. I want to believe for an awakening in New England. That's what it was like the first great awakening. It wasn't just a local church. There was something brooding over the whole region. And people were suddenly coming alive. I want to pray for that. I want to pray that a day comes when a whole dorm suddenly is awakened in the middle of the night with dreams of Jesus. We don't even know why. Oh, we said, well, that could never happen. Well, it happened in Algeria where a martyr was martyred 500 years ago, a missionary, Raymond Lowell, 500 years later. A group of YWAMers is praying in the town. And that night, people woke up from all over the city and began to talk. The whole city had dreams of Jesus. It's called an awakening. This is what happened to me. I was religious. I grew up in church, bored to death. By the way, if you don't know me, I rock. I mean, it's so weird. You know, when I was a kid, I'd pull the shades so that no one would see me tear those couches apart. I'd beat those things so bad. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm crazy. I always felt so ashamed, but boy, I, the thing that made me the, ashamed was actually the thing that brought me to God, would bring me in contact with God because I, I would rock and meditate and ponder. It was just my weird way. And one day I was driving in the, my parents were driving in the freeway when I was a kid or whatever, and I'm sitting in the back seat banging away. <laughs> They're all thinking, oh, this is and I looked over at the car speeding next to me. And there was a girl in the back seat and she was just banging away. It delivered me. I am not alone. Uh, literally, they tried to cast the rocking demon out of me. They did a deliverance session. It didn't leave. I didn't want it to leave. I like it. Try it. You'll like it. You start a movement. You see, I'd gone to a university. See, don't despise your prayers at universities because your prayers create an atmosphere for someone to have an awakening. And those college campus kids at Messiah College, Pennsylvania, put me on a hit list. Most wanted, least likely to be saved. They prayed for me for three years. I hated them. I went back to California in the days of an awakening. It was called the Jesus Movement. In the 70s, and everywhere, kids were getting saved. 
It wasn't in churches. It was outside of churches. It was an awakening. People were like awakening to spiritual realities. It was something was open, and I remember going in. My parents invited me into an afterglow service, whatever that means. I guess they didn't want God in the front glow, so they decided to put him in the afterglow. I went into this living room, and people were singing in tongues. <laughs> I'll tell you, something exploded in my spirit. It was revelation. I found myself reveling in elation because something was being opened to my spirit. Folks, this is the need of our generation today is something that is beyond cell phone titillation, beyond social media and all the entertainment and sports. Something has got to come that thrills the soul. It's called awake. I stepped into that room and I'm literally, I can still see it today. It seemed like the whole world was, uh, the whole room was lit with bright light. It was the glory. And my eyes and spirit were open to it. What would happen if this happened in mass at MIT? They're just shattering. Something happened to me. I would pray to receive Christ for the hundredth time. I asked that man to come. I need to get right with God. To believe in Jesus Christ. I said, I've prayed a hundred times. I haven't felt anything. You've heard my story. He said, you may not feel it, but you believe God. That if he died on the cross, rose from the dead, and pours out his spirit, then you can believe if you ask him, he will come into your heart. And so I asked him, and nothing happened. And then on 13 days later, I was in the upper room in, my, in the White House. I lived in a White House. And I knelt down, and the full awakening took place. And instantaneously, I knew that I had passed from life unto death. It's like a veil was ripped. And I knew that I was saved. And I didn't have to guess if I was saved. I had the witness of the Spirit that by this you may know that you have eternal life. Not guess, but know. I knew that I had passed from death into life. In one instant, the veil had been ripped and my whole life changed in one moment. Come on, give us thousands that begin to have an awakening, an unveiling that begins to take place. It's because someone is beginning to dispossess the skies with worship and praise so that the clouds begin to part and heaven breaks in. That's what happens in a revival. It's an awakening. Those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. It's speaking of Jesus who revealed himself into the land of Naphtali and Zebulun, prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. But I tell you what, it is not Jesus that appears. It is the Holy Spirit that breaks out everywhere, begins to create awe and awakening. Brothers and sisters, how many of you need an awakening in your own life? Come on, let's just pray for it right now. I want to believe for the supernatural. 
I think lots of times we don't even recognize, but I just want everybody to just pray. Father, we pray for spiritual unveilings to take place. I pray for dreams to encounter us in the middle of the night and heaven suddenly becomes real and new alternatives to the boredom of our life take place. God, I want, I want the spirit. I want the realm where I have elation inside. Reveal. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. I pray for an awakening. I want you to believe. I want you to expect in these days. Don't we just didn't pray for a moment here. Begin to pray. Begin to look almost like peekaboo, peekaboo with God. No, 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 get me. Song of Solomon, I saw my lover. He put his hand through the lattice. My, my heart was, my whatever it is, my soul was, was asleep, but my heart was awake. Something that he saw of the Lord putting his hand through the lattice and suddenly something awakens in desire. Then it disappears. If it disappears, can't stay with it because there's coming. He, there are moments when he draws us. Pay close attention to the inward drawings of the Holy Spirit. We call them, come away, my beloved tugs. When all the busyness is going on and suddenly you begin to have a desire. He calls you out to himself. The question is, will you have a heart of spiritual responsiveness? When he said unto me, seek my face, I said, O Lord, thy face will I seek. Come on. We cultivate a life of spiritual responsiveness to the voice rather than the sound of many people God has a sound of many waters you can feel it inside of you and when you draw near to the rumbling in your soul heaven begins to open he only comes he doesn't come to the religionists who just get a glimpse and just throw it off he's like we gotta be like Moses when you see that burning bush he draws aside to see what this wonderful sight is and when he draws aside he begins to hear his voice voice be called come on find a company in Boston in New England that begin to attract his hunger as well he's looking for someone why is he always coming to Mary of Bethany's house why is he always showing up in in Bethany because there's someone who is putting gravity on him pull him by their hunger Oh, come on, find a hungry people who begin to draw on the presence and then expect suddenly to break out everywhere. Come on. Get so bored, we're not even expecting anything more. Oh, I tell you, God is going to break in and surprise you. Look for the surprises of heaven. There is a... Jacob fleeing for his brother from his brother. Brother wants to kill him. Wonderful dysfunctional family from which God builds his whole Israel family. He starts with dysfunctional to give hope to everybody. And as he's making his way, fleeing from his brothers, he lays his head on a stone and suddenly, bang, the homeless dude. Conflict with his family. 
mama's boy, not like the old Esau redhead. Hunter man. He lays his head on a pillow and suddenly the heavens open and the voice of the Lord sees angels ascending and descending. And he says, I am the God of your father, Jonathan Edwards. You didn't even know who Jonathan Edwards was. How many of you know who Jonathan Edwards is? Raise your hand. About half of you. Father of the Great Awakening. New England, 1700s. Lays his head. And God gives a young man a dream that changes and alters the whole course of his life and says, you're not a second stringer. You're in my line of promise and blessing. He wakes up, and this is his statement. How awesome, say it. How awesome. We've even messed up the word. Everything's awesome. It's awesome. That's awesome. No, that's awesome. How awesome. A dream is awesome if you treat it like God wants it to be treated, like some Freudian slip or something. How awesome. When the heavens just crack a little bit open to your soul and you find yourself touching another realm, it's not something to pass by smoothly. It's something to dwell at and wonder at and worship at. That the God of the universe broke into my world and told me who I was. You don't treat those like shooting stars here today and gone tomorrow. You treat them like beacons that light the path of your life for the rest of your life. They keep you alive when everyone else is dying because I got a dream. It's what the Native Americans, they would go into the woods on vision quests to get a vision and they would fast and they'd get a vision. And the Lakota warrior says, no man can kill me for I had a dream. There's power in that. My daughter, Gloria, scary lady, 22 years old, she said, I'm a Calvinist. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> she said, she said, Dad, I've had dreams. I'm looking at the journey, the story of my life. There's a book written about me. There's a book written about my life. And I feel that God has put commanding destiny on my soul that I cannot escape. Oh, glory, to live with your life as if there was a presiding story over you with an author that knows you intimately and spoke his words into your life and wrote a book about your life before you were ever born. What an awesome thing that a scroll has been written before you were ever born. You're trying to figure your life out. Why don't you get a ghost writer? Holy Ghost. There's a story that has been dreamed of by God. Oh, this is incredible that he had a dream about your life before you were ever born and formed a body to walk out that dream. You're not a piece of protoplasm second string. You need to see God in awe, but you have a need to have an awakening as to you who you are as well. The sons and daughters of God, we have no idea who we are. 
One word from God changes everything. I want you to believe for the break-in of the supernatural. But it comes in ways that you may not recognize. Sometimes our lenses, our cultural lenses, actually keep us from the supernatural because we've disallowed them by our own doctrines. People boast in the church of their doctrinal purity. Believe the gifts are no longer here. How boring. That God doesn't talk. Amen. That was the Lord who just <laughs> gave the quote in the beginning. And I want you to listen to me. Elizabeth Barrett Brown, and she said this, Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush ablaze. Those who see take off their shoes. The rest stand around and pick blackberries. Earth is crammed with heaven. The voice is everywhere. That's why people go to movies, because they can't find God in three-part sermons. But movies rip the heart open. And many times it's God who's speaking through movies. That's why we need movie writers, script writers, and people who can tell God's stories in the best way to rip open the heart. Sometimes I think more is learned from Hollywood than the church. Of course, not this one. Thank you, Daryl. Earth, said, earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush ablaze. Just to see God in the stars, like last night, the astronomer sees the stars, but the little babe worships the one who has flung the stars into existence. Nature is screaming and shouting, and to get an unveiling of it is elation. Movies. My son, I just said, 16 years old, trying to struggle, trying to find his story in life, watching Walter Mitty the other day, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. He loves cameras. As fathers, we should be looking for the seed of God in a young child's life. What lights him up? Let me ask you, what lights you up? And he's watching Walter Mitty. Leaves, goes up to his room. My daughter goes up sometime later. He's wept for two hours because God opened his soul to his calling in a movie. Isn't that awesome? He wants to be a photographer. Remember the part of the movie where he's taking the pictures on the mountains there? Something ripped his soul open. Come on. That's why Jesus was a storyteller. He'll rip the He's telling a story to you. What's his story? Oh, a dream in the middle of the night. Jacob says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the gate of heaven and then the house of God. Is that awesome? 
that a dream is a gate of heaven? How many have ever had a dream from God? What did you do with it? Stuff it in a file? That was cool. Or did you actually come into the dream? Did you ever talk with the dream or the dreamer or the dream giver? Did you ever converse with it? See, dreams are actually to give you photos of your future. Photos of, your, of God's thoughts. The word unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can think or imagine is the word photismo. In other words, your imaginations, they're, they're God's photos. Your imaginations are God's photos of the devil's photos. What you see in the pictures of your photos will dictate your future. So you're going along bored and running from your brother and suddenly another photo from heaven happens. You're in the lineage of inheritance. Are you, are you hanging? It's living a life in a new way. It's, it's, it's a life of spir, a spiritual awareness. It's, it's kind of a, a devotional journey for non-type A type of people like me. You know, I do my Bible study, bang, 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 bang. The question is not devotions. Did you do your devotions? Did you do devotion? Do your religious deal, but miss the one who's speaking. Beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. There's a throbbing God inside of your soul, searching you, longing for you. There's a search engine inside of you. The spirit searches the deep things of God. There is a search engine inside of you that wants to search the heart, mind, and depth of God. Turn him loose. I'm just talking, but I hope you're getting. Sometimes information is good, but sometimes impartation is best. To live your whole life in a journey to see an awakening. You see, God's search for us and our search for him begin in windows of the soul. Let me say it again. God is searching Adam falls away with Eve out there hiding from God. And who comes into the garden searching for him? Adam, where are you? Don't you love God? He's a God that's searching university students. He's out here searching, searching. He wants to awaken. Where are you, Adam? He searches for you. For you and we search for him because we were created to search for him and we search for him in all the wrong places John Piper Calvinist if I can find it oh can I find it he says this not my glasses millions don't defy God consciously they default to cake and television it again. Millions don't defy God consciously. They default to cake and television. Except for a periodic rush of sex and sport and cinema, life yawns. There's no passion for significance. For many, no passion at all. 
whole generation is defaulting on the realities of an encounter with God because they've given themselves to the Adamic desires of cake, sex, and sport. We could hardly spend time alone because we're addicted to this phone. He's confessing. Thank you for that hand. You are forgiven, and you've stepped on to a whole new journey. I might have said this before. I've got a new, a new version for the old hymn. He walks with me in the garden when the dew is still in the roses. And, the vo- and that voice I hear as we tarry there, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. And the joys we share as we tarry there, None other has ever known. Ever heard that hymn? It's the hymn for today. Walk with him in the garden, the dew is still in the roses, and the noise I hear is my walk with him in the garden, and the noise I hear is my cell phone near. It's busy schedule, it discloses. And it walks with me and it talks to me, and it tells me by it I am owned. And the noise I hear as I run here and there through Facebook, everyone knows. A generation created to find the thrill and revelation of heaven has found its satisfaction in stuff, in noises, in voices. In the middle of Boston, raise up prophets who have found the elation of revelation who have awakenings because they have opened their soul to the dimension for which we were created to be one with God and to hear his voice. I think dreams are one of the most amazing ways that God breaks into our world and draws us with cords of love. I had a dream once. I'd gone through struggles. I was going through struggles. And in the dream... I heard a song being sung, and I was singing it. And when I find you, I I find healing. I'm singing this in my dream. When I find you, I find healing. When I find you, I find peace. When I find you, there's no river so high, no mountain, whatever it was. I woke up, and healing had filled my soul. Because in the middle of the night, God gave me a love letter. And open my world up to his joys. How many of you long for night encounters of the Holy Spirit? Where he directs our paths. You could say that I'm here in Boston because the dreamer of dreams has led us here. Bethany and Daryl. It's a journey of dreams. I don't know what to do without dreams. I thank God for the scriptures, the word of God, the foundation. I thank God for revelation. But I thank God for love letters in the middle of the night. Or maps and blueprints for my future. Come on, let's blow it open out of our theological paradigms and say, God, shout to me. You may not want to pray that. He will mess your five-year plan up so bad. (laughs) 
did a five-year plan. He'll carry you with his voice to untamed, unchartered waters that make no sense to anybody, screaming, you shouldn't go, it's not safe, doesn't make sense financially. Nothing makes sense when God's voice comes because he's trying to deliver you from your plans so you could walk with the one who's written the book. Glory. <laughs> yeah, I decided I would go. I've lived in so many houses you can't believe. I've lived on gym floors with seven kids and infants. My wife breastfeeding one-year-old gym floors in the south following the Trail of Tears, the African-American experience, walking 750 miles of the Trail of Tears. They were the best days of my kids' lives. They got more schooling than they ever landed in, la in school. They got history, face-to-face -face history. Oh, to walk with God. Who would have guessed I've been leading a women's movement recently? <laughs> and when I go, I go up to Estes Park to see God. God disturbs my plan, makes me a women's movement leader. What I have not seen nor ear heard, all that God has prepared for us who love him. But these things have been revealed to us by the Spirit. Come on, we, there should be a hunger for breaking surprises of the Holy Spirit. Yes, faithful for years, but always expecting something to break into your world. If you'll make room for him, he'll come. He doesn't come to some of us because we've already said no. That was a dynamic word. <laughs> I'm up there in Estes Park. I have this dream. In this dream, I see an open field. As far as I can see, women are coming to an open field to hear the book of Esther be taught. It's amazing. And it's like a revival. It's like a... It's like the spirit of revival. Everybody's in expectation. And I'm the only dude there with another guy. Old guy right here. And I, he gives me his old Bible. And I know what it means. I'm giving you the word of the Lord. There's an Esther movement coming. Come on. And they're going to rise up. And they're going to break the decrees of death. Abortion. They're going to rise up as voices of reconciliation in race. They're going to rise up as leaders. Because God is shouting to him. In this dream, this lady stands up. She begins to speak, teach the book of Esther. And then she says, oh, you've got to love God. God is brilliant. Say it with me. God is brilliant. <laughs> you ever think about dreams? How would I ever have thought that? And in this dream, she says, and these two words in the book of Esther actually mean Nazgul. Yeah, you didn't watch the movie. The Lord of the Rings. The third part. And the demonic powers. The, the Nazgul. The nine ring race led by the witch king. Destroying the armies of men. And this Nazgul says, no man can kill me. But the woman takes, the princess takes off her helmet, puts her hair down, and she says, I am no man. Bam! Pierces the door. 
What would you do with a dream like that? Say, cool dream, pizza dream? No, he gives it to me because he knows I'm going to do something with the dream. I consider it with awe that there are certain spirits that only women can take out in America. Spirits of witchcraft. Spirits of abortion. And so I didn't just sit around and say, that's cool. I called a three-day Esther fast because that's what Esther did to break Haman's decree. And I leased a word, and I couldn't believe it. In 10 days, they were fasting in 83 countries and seven continents, an uprising, simply because I believed that a word had come from heaven in a dream because I treated it as how awesome is this place. They, your dreams may not happen right away, but you'll know when they're God. You don't have to guess when they're God. Everything's alive inside of you. You feel like the symbols were so clear. They're not anti-Christ. They're not anti-revelation. The God of the Bible is always breaking in with personal words. We cut him out and just with our lens, cut him to the black and the white. All beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. How about a people in the middle of intellectual Boston who said, give me a word that's more powerful than the words of scholars. And opposers of revelation. All I've done here today is just spew at you. But it's good spewing. Maybe you feel a little bit more hungry. Maybe you feel like, wow, I want to open my heart up to a fresh encounter with God. I want to seek him. I, I want to, the voice is pulling inside of me. I don't want to just treat it as something common. I want to treat it as awesome. I believe the return of awe is the greatest need in the church. A return of the awe of God. And we'll begin somewhere. Someone who opens themselves to that dimension. Maybe it happens here. And maybe it begins to spread. Till maybe. Everywhere. Worship services are being held in the hills of New Hampshire. Not a festival like at Loom, which is awesome. But I'm talking about such a movement of worship. Angels are all over the hills. And people are getting saved. And Boston will say, Oh, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Those go forth weeping, carrying their seed will doubtless come again, carrying their sheaves with them. Oh, come on. Let's believe that the Lord is going to restore the fortunes of New England. Stand with me. Let's, let's go on a journey. Let's take some time and cut out the cake and the TV. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I enjoy all that. But if we're finding and deriving our elation 
It's because we don't have revelation that has satisfied our soul. I read this in the first service. A quote by Dan Allender in my book, The Jesus Fast. And he says this, Fasting is not a tool for gaining discipline or piety. Instead, fasting is the act of ridding ourselves of fullness. Come on. Ridding ourselves of fullness to attune our senses to the mysteries that swirl in and around us. Come on. The unseen dimensions of the Spirit. The elation of revelation. In fasting, you shut down the lesser affections to attune our senses to the mysteries that swirl in and around us. Sometimes God shows up. Sometimes He feeds us. And every now and then, He throws His wild glory before us like bursting constellations. I've seen it in my life for 25, 30 years. Those times when I seek His face and don't eat, draw near to Him. Sometimes He feeds me. Sometimes it's horrible. <laughs> but sometimes he bursts forth constellations of revelation that changed my life forever. Today, I want to ask that God would present a company before him who are heavenly minded. Someone once said to me, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I said, you're, no earth, you're so earthly minded, you're no heavenly good. <laughs> We have two big parts of our being. We have this earthly being and we have this heavenly DNA. Our feet are tied to terra firma, but our souls were made for heaven. Therefore, set your affection on things above, not on things below. Some of you are going to do detox with your cell phone. I didn't get one amen. Maybe you should take a week and detox. Just tell all your friends, I'm gone for a week. You wonder what will happen to your soul. Be satisfied with a voice, not with a noise. We're being discipled by people on social media that have no right to speak. And because this tool is in their hands, they can affect the whole world their ideologies Holy Spirit I pray right now for a moving of the Spirit of God in the middle of Boston a people who begin to draw on heaven would you put your hand in your heart and just say God give me spiritual desire draw me I open my spirit to encounter I want encounter visit this hilltop like he visited Mary of Bethany who drew Jesus continuously to her town because she was hungering for him. he comes where he's wanted come on say he comes where he's wanted would you just begin to say I want you Jesus I want fresh encounter God I want a new day of awe in my life Lord break into my world and surprise me like bursting constellations let the word of God give me revelation again, God. 
God, give me an awakening. Give my children an awakening without which they will be given to the world because nothing's more strong than an encounter with Jesus. One moment of awe will direct the rest of your life. More is learned in one moment of awe than a life of calculation. I refuse to live my life reasoning around the prophetic, reasoning and calculating my life. Oh, one moment of awe changes everything. Holy Spirit, break out with revival. Break out in these campuses. Break out in dormitories until it's beginning to be buzzed everywhere. Something's going on here. It's a realm that's beyond the natural realm where pagan professors can't hold our hearts anymore with deception because I beheld Jesus. Lift the veil over Boston, God. Come Holy Spirit, this is our promise. This was the word that you gave, God, to Bethany. This is the word you gave to me that my story is titled Revival. We ask for historic revival and awakening in New England, God. Show mercy to the youth of New England, God. So loose dreams upon us. I want you to lift your hands. I want to pray, God, loose dreams upon this company. I want you to begin to expect it. I want you to begin to treat it. Not trivialize the night vision. Don't trivialize the night vision. You don't say it's just a dream. Heaven is bringing symbols that means something. They're the love language of heaven telling you who you are, where you're going to, and who he is. Come, Holy Spirit. Break the spirit of the walls of intellectualism like prophesied in 72 with a higher reality, the realm of the Holy Spirit. Loose the tongue of fire. I'm praying that you begin to encounter some men and women in here. They're up in their upper rooms and suddenly the baptism of the Holy Spirit and a tongue of fire out of nowhere. It changes everything. God, we ask for dormitories all across New England, all across these universities, that you would be visiting men and women. People will be healed of sicknesses. That one room, some Christian's room, will become the vortex of a spiritual whirlwind, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, loose expectancy. I want you to break the lie right now that says, this, I've wanted this all my life, but I'm having a, I break that lie. We say freedom from the mind warp. Freedom from unbelief. Oh God, just a glimpse of heaven. Break it open in Jesus' name. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get a journal. I really believe this is what I do in my books everywhere. My journal of the books that I read. And I write lists. I write the lists of all the dreams I've ever had. And not just list them. I begin to ponder them. I begin to look beyond the surface of what it is. The symbol and the sign. And I look beyond to the one who's actually speaking to me through the dream. Ask yourself what the symbol is. God knows your symbols. He has flipped through the scrapbook of your own life and in the middle of the night pulls a symbol. He knows your language. He's not trying to keep you in the dark with dreams. He's coming to you like little children with language of love who's ever imagined a king that demands 
demands uh, that doesn't demand you learn his language he has learned yours and he comes searching for you in the middle of the night and he talks to you about basketball courts if you are a basketball player and he talks to you about dolls <laughs> my little girl special little girl gone through great troubles challenged as a wonderful girl many years ago we in Maryland, we lived in California. I was there with her family, my wife's family. She had, she was carrying her cousin's little doll. It was a praying doll. It had Velcro feet, Velcro hands, and Velcro butt. It was a kneeling praying doll. She loved the doll, seven years old. So she just walked with that doll, and my wife, I came back to Pasadena to lead prayer. My wife is still there, and she saw her love that doll, Christy Joy. And so she said, Lord, help me to find a doll like that when I go back to California. I'm sitting, I'm leading the prayer meeting. This prophetic intercessor, wonderful lady, comes to me with a bag and says, I was in a thrift shop, and I found this doll, beat up old doll. And the Holy Spirit said, that's Lou's daughter's little doll. She, she, she says, you see, I take dolls from thrift shops and I clean them up and I fix them up so that they're beautiful dolls. I've done it with this doll. Would you like to give it to your daughter, Christy? Pick up my wife and Christy Joy. At the airport, get in the car. She says, Christy, I got a little package for you. She opens it up and her eyes go big like this and mom starts crying. It's the same exact doll she was carrying 3,000 miles away. Who doesn't want to serve that kind of God who comes to us in surprise and awe? Oh, who's like God? So, Father, I pray, break in with personal encounters from movies, searching, searching them, from books that they read. They lit them, light them on fire and something happens and they hear their name being called in a book. Give them courage to follow the voice. Give them courage to lead them out of just the good plan into the brilliant plan of the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And if his guidance is to get a doctorate degree at Harvard and get a doctorate degree and be like Daniel, 10 times better with dreams and vision. Come on. Would you lift your voices and your hands and say, God, I want this. I desire. Encounter me. Encounter me with revelation. Give me a new day of awe in my life. I want you to ask him. Say, Lord, I'm receiving. I'm expecting. How much more should the Father give good gifts to them that keep asking and seeking and knocking? Lord, we thank you not just for us, but for this whole region. A day of awakening in Jesus' name. Would you give a shout of God in thanksgiving for what he's going to do? Well, well, what do we do now? I've always, you know, have erred on the side of at the end of times like this to hold fast to the words and the ministry that's taken place in this morning because there's a tendency for us to lose the inspiration, the motivation, 
You know, being provoked is a precious thing. Lou, you've provoked my heart. And we need to now wrestle and hold on vastly the things that the Lord has done in these stories. We cannot just hear the word. Now we get to do the word. Thank you, Jesus. Make us doers. As we've been provoked through our ears of what we've heard, now put our feet and hands to work, God, that Jesus might be glorified here in Cambridge. That is our desire, God, for not anything that took place this weekend to be squandered or, or happen in a vacuum, God, or be in vain, Lord. We ask, Jesus, that you would put our feet, our hands, our minds, our mouths to work would be about glorifying you, Jesus, that you would draw all men unto yourself. God, that you would give us dreams and visions, that we would move in a spirit that is prophetic, that we would see signs, miracles, wonders, in the earth as a result of how you've provoked our hearts. November 5th, 2017. God, I pray that we would be doers. And by our good works, Jesus, we pray that you would be glorified in our city. In Jesus' name. Listen. I feel like I've been given so much this week. Weekend, excuse me. I've been given so much. I've been provoked. My heart is burning. My mind is wondering at the endless possibilities of what Jesus is going to do through this community. But listen, I, I know, I know that we serve a God that doesn't have us receive, but also has us to give. And I know we're going to talk about taking an offering. But it seems fitting. You see, the bills are paid. We're not trying to solicit money this morning. We're trying to bless God's people. And I believe that I've been blessed. I believe that those who have been with us these last two days have been blessed and so I see it very fitting to give in proportion to what we've been given. Because the Bible says it's better, it's better, hear me, to give than to receive. We know that God, He does this. He is a giver. He is a giver of dreams, a giver of gifts, a giver of His precious Son, Jesus Christ. And so I want to respond like the Father, like the God, like the Jesus I profess faith in this morning. I want to give. And the only thing I can find fitting to give other than my heart is my wealth, is my money. 
See to it, Lord, that it has no hold on us. See to it, God, that wealth has no hold on us. And so we're going to take an offering. And I, I have no shame in this game. There's nothing that I feel bad about doing this. I want to bless Lou. I don't want this just to be any ordinary time where we just cut him a nice little check. I want him to always, as he leaves this place, and he doesn't ask for this. Guys, there has been times when this guy has given his checks back to us. That's crazy. But I want to bless. I want to bless this man's ministry, this man, he has been such a blessing to us. Guys, we are here as a result of this man. We are doing what we are doing today because the dreams inside of this man's heart. And I see it's fitting that we, we give back what we've been given, not just this weekend, but just 17 years of consistently pouring into our community so we're going to take an offering Trez has something to say I can see her so Trez come on up I want to share a little story that I feel like the Lord gave me as a prophetic picture years ago we were here and the couple that were, uh, we were with they shared that they were unable to have a baby that they'd been barren for many years and I asked Bethany when I got in the car last night, I said, how are Fabian and Anna? She said, they had a baby. And I guess I just want to say, I feel like it's a prophetic picture for what God wants to do in Boston and the New England area. You know, we're getting older. I'm, I'll be 60 in the fall, and I feel like we've been praying for more than 10 years for this area. What's that? And I guess I just feel like uh, there's many other promises that we've been praying for, but I want to see God come. And I feel like you are the conduits for God coming. For what, for what Lou shared today, it's not for someone else. It's for you, for your dream to come forth. And I guess I just want to say this is a good place to sow. I don't mean even just giving financially, although that is the part of the overflow of our heart. But I feel like if you're trying to find what God wants you to do, this is a good place for you to be because he's going to move through this, through this Mary of Bethany. I feel like Matthew's dream about the oil, this is a Mary of Bethany church, and he wants to, I just want, I want Anna to come and just say, if you don't think that God wants to give you the dreams of your heart, this is Anna and Fabian in the back, and they're little Gabriel, and I feel like even his name is a prophetic sign of what God wants to do. He wants to bring a messenger to Boston. Yeah, I mean, so we tried to conceive for six to seven years, almost seven years, and, um, and those were very, very hard years for us where God really tested our faith and even our marriage. And, um, and when we were actually living probably the worst year of our marriage, and, um, and we're, there's a lot of repentance and reconciliation. The Lord just surprises us with the best gift that we could have ever asked. So it's like when we're, you know, thinking that everything is done with and the hardest time that we're experiencing and then God just shows up and surprises us and say, no, I haven't given up on you. 
I'm here. So that was, you know, just God's love for us. And, and even when I shared with Kathy, this has been an experience that if God never says anything or never shows up again in any way in my life, this is enough just for me to believe every single day that he loves us. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was kind of hard for us, uh, especially for me. Uh, I'm kind of a like, laid-back guy. You know, God gives, it's fine. If God doesn't give, I'm fine too. But it was especially hard on me, like, seeing her, like, really wanting a child, even though I think I am better than 10 sons. It, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It is. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah. So God gave us... Uh, God... God gave us a miracle, and um, at, at a point that we were, like, you know, really trying, and uh, I, I was even challenging my own call in the city and all in, the, in, in this, this country and, and, and all, and uh, God gave us that miracle, and, uh, you know, it's a sign. I want, I want you to bring your message to Boston, to the United States. Love them, love these people, and uh, it's a miracle. And, we are enjoying this every day, and God is being, you know, really healing everything and uh, bringing us from to to a new level. And I think that that's what God wants to do with the church, you know, in the city, bring us to a level of miracles, signs and wonders, signs and wonders and miracles. The message of God, the the revelation of God. I just want to share a very two-minute story. You were talking she gave about. It to you. Lou was talking about, you know, signs and wonders or miracles and healing the sick. So um, I was working at, at a house. I, 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 do, I do plumbing work. So I was working at a house right next to a church. And um, one day uh, at lunchtime, I was having lunch outside, and I saw a bunch of books outside, outside of this church in Somerville. So I went over, and, and they were kind of on the trash, like to throw it away. So I went over to the trash. And uh, I was I, I was started to look at the books, and one of the books was uh, Otto Otto Roberts. I don't I didn't even know who he was. Yes, uh, the 15 best sermons and the healing power and this and that. And the spirit at that time told me, you know, the church in America it's throwing away the gifts of healing. And I said, oh my God, I still have this book. It's in my house. I read his 10 sermons, but I. I believe God wants us to restore healing, the power of the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles, and dreams in this hour and this generation. Amen. Amen. Worship team, come on up. Uh, we're going to do one more song. Hey, if you got to go, the doors aren't locked. You're free to go. But if you want to give, you want to worship the Lord with us, listen, don't make your checks out to Lou Engel. That's ridiculous. He does not want to go home with 250 checks. We're going to cut him a check. You can rest assured that every dime that's uh, given this morning will go directly to him and more. So, um, again, make your checks payable to Hilltop Church. If you feel comfortable uh, or a little bit uncomfortable, that just put in the memo for Lou or whatever, whatever it is. But rest assured, every dime will go to him this morning, okay? Worship team, are you here? We're going to do one more song. You're free to go, guys. Um, but I would encourage you to just ask the Holy Spirit. What, what amount, Lord, should I give? You know, if you're not used to giving, that's, that's a good place to start. Because usually we start at some amount, and the Holy Spirit just ups it a little bit. So take a little time as we do this next worship song. Listen, if you're new here with us, or you're here for a first or second time, and you have yet to connect to the spiritual family, 
We want to encourage you to stop by the info center uh, uh, over here. Wendy, if you'd raise, uh, yeah, give us a little wave. Boys, she's single, so um, only serious inquiries um, uh, needed over there. And definitely people who are saved, unpeople that are not saved, need not to apply. Also, in the back, we have Lou Engle's books at the bookstore. Hey, that's one way that you can give to his ministry, his writings, his books. Buy a couple. It's not a bad deal, all right? Other than that, let's worship the Lord. Let's give. You give life. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. Yeah.
lift your voice and sing. You only Lord. Yeah. All right. I say we do the all the earth or whatever Sounds thing good. one more time. And we really go after it, huh? Let's go after it, yeah? Come on, it's a, for nothing more, it's a fun little chorus to sing. Can we do this? Let's do it. In all the earth we shout. There we go, church. <laughs> 